So you're scrolling through Facebook or Twitter and you see an interesting news article. You click the link, only to be interrupted by a pop-up that asks you to disable your ad blocker. Then a video starts playing in the sidebar and every other paragraph there are pleas for you to join their newsletter. Sound familiar? Today we're going to talk about why news websites are so annoying and some ideas for how we can make them better. All this and more on The Rightly Show. It's the program that helps you start and grow a brand-centric online business through the fusion of form and function. This is The Rightly Show. Hello and welcome to the program. My name is Thomas McGee and this is The Rightly Show. So even more so than normal, there is a lot of news and much many of us are reading the news pretty regularly, which means that most of us are visiting a lot of news websites. Now there are of course other places that we can go to get our news. We can go, obviously there's television, there's radio, there uh, even to some degree social media, but a lot of the news that we consume today, unlike the way that it was even as short as 10 years ago, most of us aren't picking up a newspaper on our doorstep and unfolding it as we sip our morning cup of coffee. Most of us are clicking a link on Twitter or on Facebook and we're going over to a news website. So for a long time, I've had problems with most news websites and most of the problems that I've had with news websites have only gotten worse over time. So kind of what I talked about in the intro, which is things like you'll you'll hit the page and immediately the entire article will be blocked by something that says, please disable your ad blocker, which I've always found super annoying, uh, mainly because most information, particularly current events and news information, is going to be available through a pretty wide variety of distribution mediums, right? There's, you're no longer limited to the five major TV news networks or the, you know, five major uh, distributors of newspapers or magazines, right? The internet is plentiful with people who are publishing information. Now, some people have brought up the question mark as to the valid- the validity of the, you know, the truthfulness or the accuracy of each article, which is something that we could handle in a completely different episode. But the point is that thanks to the prominence of the internet, information is not in short supply. There's no longer those gatekeepers. We can find it in many other places. So that's why if I personally, and I'm not sure everybody does this, it could be just because I'm a web developer and I expect, uh, you know, a pretty good user experience because it's, you know, what I build all day. But what I'll do is if I receive a link to an article and I'm immediately blocked by a pop-up or a window that says that I need to disable my pop-up blocker, I will always click the back button and then I will copy and paste the title of the article and just search it in Google or DuckDuckGo or whatever search engine I'm using at the time. And nearly every time I will find the exact same information somewhere else. So what that means is me as a reader, I'm just particularly sidestepping these. So there's uh, you know, the ad blockers, then you'll have the autoplay video. If you do actually, if you're fortunate enough to actually make it to the article, a random video that has nothing to do with the article that you're reading will just start playing automatically. And sometimes it'll have sound, sometimes it won't. Sometimes as you're scrolling down the page, it will follow you, blocking the, the text. 
Uh, other times I've been actually reading an article and literally every other paragraph is a link to another irrelevant article or, you know, some sort of thing where you want to, they want you to sign up for their newsletter, which again has nothing to do with your, what you're reading. So they are just littered with things that uh, I feel like it's some sort of like triathlon or something just to read a news article these days. You have to jump over links and uh, ads and you know you, things that get past your ad blocker or things asking you to disable your ad blocker or videos or whatever it is. And so a lot of times what news websites or news organizations will say as a result of this is that this is required. This is a necessary evil. This is what we need to do in order to stay in business. And for the longest time, I've completely disagreed with this. Uh, so what I wanted to do in this episode was, of course, take to, take some time to break down what we could do. If, if you ran a news website or if I ran a news website, uh, and of course, setting aside political differences, that has nothing to do with what this episode is going to go into. This It wouldn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. These things could apply in either case. But some things that we could do to actually keep the business running, make sure that we monetize the website while at the same time maintaining a clean, user-friendly user experience. So there are a number of different challenges and then a number of different ways that a lot of news organizations have tackled the problem of monetizing their journalism, right? Because I understand it's not cheap to hire journalists who go in there and they go and they take the time to gather the facts, do their research, and then report on the information. So I understand to a degree you, you have to monetize the website. But what we're going to be talking about in this episode is some ways that you can do that without making it horrible on your consumer or on the person who is actually reading the article. So some of the ways that uh, a lot of news websites currently monetize their journalism or their writing or their articles would be first of all to run ads. And so this is why you'll get that little pop-up if you're like me and you uh, very much value your ad blocker, you'll get these little messages that say, please disable your ad blocker uh, to continue to support our news service. Well, here's the thing, and this is what I think a lot of news organizations are missing out on, is that like I touched on earlier, their information is not that scarce anymore, right? So some have said, if you want to read this, they'll put up, they'll put up this ad blocker uh, warning and say, well, if you want to read this content, what, they, what they're not seeing is that we can just, like I typically do, click the back button and go somewhere else. Well, some news organizations have picked up on this and they say, well, please help us to continue to produce top-notch uh, journalism. So it's almost like a plea for help. Please support us. Let us annoy you with these ads while you read our articles so that we can stay in business. So ads is probably a big way that a lot of these places continue to uh, produce an income. Second of all, which is uh, pretty prominent, and you probably see these as well, is a paywall. So what this means is that you can read maybe the first couple of paragraphs of the article, and then it's got a big button that says, get a subscription uh, in order to continue reading. Some of them, I think like the Wall Street Journal, they'll let you read like four or five articles for free per month, and then they ask you to sign up for a subscription. So paywalled content, I don't necessarily have a problem with paywalled content. Now, there is still a, ch a challenge in the sense that if it's 
paywalled, you're assuming that the the information behind the paywall cannot be received somewhere else, which is pretty rarely the case. Uh, so it is a difficult one, but it is a pretty legitimate way to uh, produce some sort of income for the newspaper without necessarily, you know, a super annoying customers. Although some people do find paywall kind of annoying, but again, they're pretty understandable. Another thing that a lot of news websites do, well, I wouldn't say a lot, but a probably fewer amount of them, but some of them do, which is called sponsored content. I'm not a huge fan of this, particularly if you are a news organization or something like that. Essentially, a sponsored content would be, let's say that there's a shaving company, or let's say that there's some sort of subscription service or whatever it is. What they'll do is they will write an article or let the company write an article and then somewhere towards the top or somewhere within the article they'll say that this is sponsored and so essentially they sell an article in their publication as though it were an actual article i'm not really a big fan of this because to me it kind of feels a little bit deceptive it makes it seem like you're exchanging journalistic integrity for you know a company that you may or may not know the quality of the products and services that they're offering. It'd be a different story if one of your journalists used this product for a month and then gave an honest review. Like I wouldn't have any problem with that. But when they're written by a company and they're essentially just kind of selling a, an article on the page, not a huge fan of it, but it's just, it's something that a number of news organizations do. So next what we're going to do is we're going to pop into some of the brainstorming and ideas for ways that we can actually begin to monetize a news website without annoying our readers. But before we do that, I wanted to tell you about a relevant and related free resource that I actually created a while back for you over at Notable Themes, and it is called the Headline Theme. So over the years, I've told people over and over again that, you know, that ask me, you know, okay, I need a website, so where do I begin? And what I've noticed is that what a lot of people will do when they want to start their new website is they'll go on one of these website builders and they'll create what I like to call a business card or a static website. That is, it has five pages, lots of text, and doesn't really produce much value. So what ends up happening is that most people visit this website and then they immediately leave taking no action. So that's why I created the headline theme. Essentially, the headline theme helps you tackle two essential elements uh, that are so important for a brand new website. One is regular useful content creation. It is a blogging or content creation platform. So you can create regular blog articles. If you've got a YouTube channel, you can embed your YouTube videos. If you want to start a podcast, you can embed your podcast using the headline theme or even a combination of all three. And then best of all, I've worked in a nice, simple call to action area where you can offer people a free ebook or PDF or guide or video that would incentivize them to join your email list. And it integrates with virtually any email marketing software, including ConvertKit, MailChimp, and dozens of others. So you can get the headline theme absolutely free. 
if you head on over to rightly.show slash headline, again, that's rightly.show slash headline, it will require hosting. So you need to get uh, some hosting in order for that to work. But what I'm going to do is I've actually recently created a video that shows you how to get the headline theme for free, how to get hosting and a domain all set up within one video. So go ahead and visit the show notes to today's video, which is going to be rightly dot show slash 85 again that's rightly dot show slash 85 where i'm going to leave a link to that new video otherwise if you'd like to just download the wordpress theme if you've already got hosting and all that's taken care of and you just want to try out the theme for free head on over to rightly dot show slash headline otherwise that video like i said is going to be available for you in today's show notes over at rightly dot show slash 85 have a question for the program? Call 844-RIGHTLY to record your question, and we would be happy to consider featuring it in a future episode. That's 844-744-4859 or 844-RIGHTLY. If you would rather write in, feel free to email show at rightlydesigned.com. Okay, so now let's take some time to go through some of the things that we could do to make a better news website, to innovate a little bit. And rather than relying upon old tack, trying tactics of annoying our users, what are some things that we could do to more proactively make it better for them to use the website while at the same time monetizing the site itself? So here would be my number one priority. If I were, if a, a organization came to me and said, you know what, we're getting a lot of complaints about our website. Uh, we're getting a lot of complaints about the uh, requests to remove the ad blocker. What should we do? How can we make sure that this website is going to make it super simple for users while at the same time produce this income? Well, first, you want the website to be a place that people want to visit, right? Uh, because the more annoying you make it, that might work in the short term. But after a while, people are just going to stop visiting the website. They are going to find other mediums in which they can consume information. It's why we see uh, a constant decline in the amount of people who are watching network television as opposed to people who are watching the same or similar content on YouTube. Uh, it's things like this. The people the, are finding a lot of other ways to find their information. So first and foremost, what I would do, and I would make my top priority and goal, is that I would make the site super clean and user-friendly. I would sit through and I would consider, and obviously this is an audio show, so I can't necessarily show you examples. If I would, I'd probably get up on a chalkboard and start sketching it out. But I would make it very simple, clean, and user-friendly. Here's the things that I would ask. I would say myself, as a news, as a consumer of news, what are the things that I would like to see when I visit the website for the very first time? I'd like to see a nice big bold headline of the top story of the day, perhaps some trending topics, and then somewhere down towards the bottom, maybe some of the very latest stories. Because what a lot of people don't understand about news sites, and I see this all the time, is that most people who are checking the news are checking so couple times a day, right? Not every hour, which is how often some of these news organizations can be, can be producing news stories. So what you should be doing is prioritizing by what is important. And I don't mean important 
to your editorial team, I mean what's important to readers. So what I would do is I would have an editorial uh, selected headline. But what I would also have alongside that top story is community top stories. So I'd have like the top five stories. And what I would do is I would write into the site an algorithm that would take a mixture of comments, views, and shares. So it's hard otherwise to know what really is quote unquote trending, but it's fairly easy within a web platform to be able to determine that. Uh, There is something to be said for virality. So if you do have a story that's going viral, it could be for a reason other than you and your editorial team actually know. So let those things be front and center. Let what other people are finding interesting or useful to know, let that show up at the forefront. What I would also do, and this is getting a little bit out into the weeds, but what I would do is work into the algorithm. And this, when I say algorithm, I'm not talking on the level of Google. This is fairly simplistic on a programmatic standpoint. But what I would do is something similar to a number of what uh, other websites have done, uh, which is that the older the story is, the uh, less weight it has for popularity. So sure, it would be possible for a story that's two, maybe three days old to show up in your trending feed, but they would be uh, lower on the list than something that maybe didn't have as many shares, but was just published an hour ago, right? So you'd kind of balance between what stories are new and are popular so that people are always being given the most relevant information. That's important. See, that's not something you would necessarily do on a blog, right? Because information on a blog isn't as timely, right? Whereas like on a news site, everything that's being posted, uh, it's going to be relevant in most cases at tops for a week and maybe even less than that for most stories. So that's something to keep in mind from a news perspective is that I want to make sure that, uh, yes, I want to see what's trending, but I don't want to show up at the top of the front page on my news site the most uh, popular story of the year and have that always showing up, right? It would want to be probably within the last three or four days, or like I said, creating a more advanced algorithm that would just slowly weight down stories as they age. So that would be a good thing to do up on the front page. And then it would, uh, what I would want to see is I would want it to be very photo centric. I wouldn't want it to be just text centric, particularly with people who are used to Instagram and Facebook those thumbnails on those sites are so important and I would want that to be replicated somewhat on the front page. So again, first and foremost, a clean front page that makes it simple and easy for people to find the things immediately that are relevant to them. Some other kind of things that I would want to work in as well is I want it to be very lightweight and fast loading. So yes, I want it to be image heavy, but the host I would choose, I would of course have caching built in. I would have those images all compressed. These are all things that can be handled fairly easily through WordPress, but they're nevertheless really important to have worked in there. And then something that would never be overlooked is the mobile version of the site. It would need to be so easy to navigate with a mobile device that I would arguably design it first for mobile. And there's actually books that have been written and a number of different Uh, articles that have been written on the concept of mobile first. But the point is that a lot of people are going to be visiting any news site on a mobile device and it would need to be super simple to do so. Now, as I've touched on in previous episodes, what I would not do 
is create a mobile URL. So you'll notice that there's some new sites out there that'll be like m.mywebsite.com, right? We do not want that. Because if that article gets shared on a desktop device or gets shared and then opened on a desktop device, then it means that it's going to look like the mobile site, but on a desktop, which means it's going to look really weird. Uh, Plus you have to manage two versions of your site and it's just not a efficient or smart way to develop a site. So instead what you do is you make sure that that mobile version, it's mobile responsive. So as I take my browser window and I shrink it, the site should transform pretty easily to adapt to a mobile device all the way up to a TV because that's actually something, most websites that's not really relevant. However, if you're going to have a lot of video on your site, it's not a bad idea to consider that a lot of smart TVs, or I should say an increasing number of smart TVs, are starting to include the, uh, some sort of browser built into them. So if somebody wants to, uh, particularly people who are cable cutting, who don't have a cable uh, subscription, but just rely on, on Roku or YouTube apps, or again, the web, you wanna make that make sure that as it adapts to a size bigger you know, than a monitor, up to a size of a TV, that it adapts perhaps even to have something similar to a Netflix look so that it's really easy to navigate with just arrows and a, you know one button to kind of click and watch videos. You could even get as advanced as say, hide all your article content because most people aren't gonna read on a TV. And then once you get up to a size of a TV, then start showing your top videos. And again, these are things that are not impossible uh, to do programmatically. It's pretty simple to be able to determine, at least for a developer that, Uh, what type of device this is being viewed on. So these are all things that could be worked in to make the site powerful regardless of the type of device on which it is being used. Something else that I would do, uh, kind of moving over to like an individual article, because the front page, don't get me wrong, it's very important, but the vast majority, especially today in the realm of social media, the vast majority of people visiting a news website are not going to be visiting the front page and then clicking on an article. Hopefully over time, you're going to have an increasing number of people who do that, but most people are going to be visiting your site through one of your articles. So, and the reason is, of course, because that that's what's going to be shared. Nobody's going to share the front page of your site. People have to either Google or they just have to type in the URL to reach the front page of your site. Very rarely, somebody is going to say, hey, I love this news website. Here's the front page, right? They're going to say, no, I found this cat checklist video or whatever article or whatever it is. They're going to say, I found this interesting. Here is the article. They're going to be sharing the link to the article. So that's why that page is very important. So what I would most likely do, and this would depend on the news agency, but for this example, what I'm going to say is I would not have a sidebar. I would not make this thing cluttered. And that seems so counterintuitive because what most news websites would say or would do as a result, they'd say, well, that's where we pack all of our ads. Right, exactly. But that is starting to clutter the page. It's making it harder to read, particularly on mobile devices, which don't have room for a sidebar anyways, Just do away with the sidebar. I could potentially uh, hear an argument the other direction and that, well, I'm going to use the sidebar for trending topics or something like that. Maybe, but again, we have to put the emphasis on why the person is there and it is not to click around. Otherwise, they'd be on your front page. The reason they're there is to read the article in front of them. So I'd make it super 
one column, no extra sidebar, nothing like that. A very simple, clean, big, bold, readable format for the article. Uh, and that would be really important. Here's what else I would do. I would embed a, a short two minute YouTube video that would bullet point the crux of the article. So I would have one person dedicated uh, to being my YouTube personality, right? So again, I'm talking about a news website now. I'm not talking about, you know, Wall Street Journal. I'm not talking about like New York Times. I'm talking about a very small, uh, you know, team that runs a news website, right? Who's kind of the what we would call the new media. So what I would do is that, of course, would have a YouTube channel. I'd have one or maybe a, a couple personalities who would essentially do what you would see on network news. That is, uh, you know, face to camera with maybe some B-roll footage overlaid, you know, in between what they're saying and, you know, photos from the event or whatever is taking place to maybe three minutes long that would just give you the bullet points of what happened, right? And then below that, you would have the full article. So what most people do who do something similar, well, first of all, let me back up and say, why would you do this? First of all, you're going to be posting useful uh, information about, you know, from your news uh, website, from your agency on YouTube. YouTube itself is a way that people are going to be able to find you. And at the end of the video, I would say, if you'd like to make sure that you receive more news, or if you want to stay updated with the latest, visit our website at, and then I'd have a, a squeeze page where they could sign up for our daily or weekly top stories, which again, I'll be getting to later on. But you have the advantage of being able to attract new audiences through YouTube to your website that otherwise you wouldn't be finding. Okay, so on the site, you embed that YouTube video so that once people are hitting that particular article, you're going to be, again, your goal is to inform people, right? It's to provide useful information. And I would even say, though, uh, like I wouldn't have a problem either as your YouTube channel gets bigger. Go ahead and run ads on that YouTube channel or on those YouTube videos that are embedded. I wouldn't have a problem with that. Ad blockers could block a number of those but again like people are fairly used to clicking through or ignoring or even watching ads on youtube so i'm not a hundred percent opposed to ads at all times uh, i am opposed to 100 percent forcing people to watch the ad if it's not necessary to do so or maybe not maybe you don't run ads on the youtube channel but that is one way you could actually monetize those views or people who are consuming your content. And we haven't even gotten to the actual article yet. Okay, so we're going to show that at the top of the article, and it's largely going to cover the same information in the article. The article will have much more detail. What I've noticed is that there are some news websites that do something like this, but a lot of times that video will start playing automatically. Uh, it won't have anything to do with the article. It'll just be something they want you to see. Sometimes it's a video that is nothing but an ad, uh, something like that. This would not be that implementation. It would be a YouTube video that is a bulleted like two minutes, maybe three at the max. That's just a recap of what happened, what you're talking about. It would be clear, be concise and to the point. And then the article would be an expansion of that. So I've seen a few sites out there that do something similar, but a lot of times what they'll do is they'll just put the video at the bottom of the page. You've just got to scroll, scroll. Like sometimes I don't know about you, but sometimes I want to read the article. Other times I just want the bullet points. 
And so what you want to do is put the bullet points up at the top. So if you want to just know the bullet points, you can just watch the video and move on your merry way. Even from the website's perspective, it makes sense to do this because a page view is a page view, right? If I hit that page and watch the video, what's the difference whether or not I read the article, right? So we just want to set it up to be as simple as humanly possible for the person to consume the information. And by providing it in two formats, and I would say if you wanted to go even further, uh, which this is getting a little crazy, but you could do it, create a podcast that where you embed the audio version as well, uh, all within that, within that same page so that people have three different ways to consume the information. I'd say video would be good, uh, article only if you have to, but I think it'd be a great combination to have those two for almost every article. Okay, so then what we would do is we would create what I would like to call micro content, right? So uh, this would be for, so, so let me back up. And this could be just a personal thing with me, but one of the things I've noticed with a lot of news websites is that somewhere, for whatever reason, a lot of them seem to think that length of article equals quality of article. So I've seen articles that I feel like I'm scrolling forever and I'm just not getting a lot of information out of it. So what I would do is I would make an effort to produce or you know work with an editorial team. Again, we're talking if I'm running an actual news website, what would I do, right? So I would focus, I, I would make the article, and this is kind of a rule for blogging as well, I would never make an article longer than it needed to be. I would never tell the editorial team, okay, this one's 1,200 words, make it 1,600 uh, words, right? So no, I would not be opposed to an article that's a paragraph, three sentences. This is a tweet that's embedded on a page. I'm totally okay with that because the purpose of the site is to gain a reputation for providing useful information for the people who want to receive it. So yeah, the so that means that yes, you're gonna have longer form articles that are going to have a video at the top, and then I would also create micro content that does not. So uh, very, very simple uh, thing that I would do. And then, then the next thing I would do, and this one may be a little bit more controversial, this one has this one does veer into the political end of it, but not completely. So what I would do is from an editorial perspective, uh, at least this is what would be valuable for me as a reader. Maybe not for you. I don't know. But what I would do is I would have the writers put their political affiliation in their byline and make it very clear. Some writers might not be uh, comfortable with this. Others would. But I think it's I think it would be wonderful to see a transparency in people who write or report on the news that we haven't ever seen before. I think that being very clear and objective with what biases they do have and putting that up front for all to see, I think would be a breath of fresh air from, you know, a lot of news out there that tends to pretend to be objective, but is anything but. So that doesn't have anything to do with the design. I just think it'd be a neat thing to do, to be clear and out front with where you lean or where you line up politically so that everybody knows it as they're reading through the article. They don't have to guess or, you know, hide it behind like false objectivity, which I think is pretty rampant out there with a lot of news websites. Again, there's nothing to do with the design, but something that I think would be kind of fun to do or something worth considering. 
So the next thing that I would want to do is I would definitely want to focus upon uh, building an email list, right? That's going to be essential for this particular type of news website, which I think it's prominent and important for just about any type of business, but particularly this. So what I would do, again, I'm not going to put a pop-up. I'm not going to annoy people. I'm not going to interrupt people, but I am going to put on the front page, probably below the top story and trending topics, I'm going to put a subscriber box, but it's not going to be just subscribe to my newsletter, right? It's going to be big, bold, clear. It's going to show a photo of a smartphone with maybe like a, you know, an email application in there. And it would, again, it would have to be really well designed, but sign up to get daily or weekly, uh, to get a daily or weekly recap of the top stories. Uh, I would also have a spot where people can sign up and this is key. I wish more people actually did this sign up for, uh, top priority news alerts and and you would do uh, you would ask for people's phone number and you would actually send out texts for extremely important like urgent news stories and you would never send out more than like maybe two a week but again anytime there was a really prominent important story you would want to be able to text people so two ways they can sign up one via email two via text but the idea is that you are a providing a service right you're giving people the information that they are asking for and you're doing it on a daily or weekly basis or uh, on a topical basis so when something very prominent comes up so you're serving them in that way but you're not forcing them to do so then what i would also do is uh, in every email that gets sent out, this, you couldn't necessarily do this with the text version, but with an email, I would put a big, bold, giant button at the bottom uh, with a nice headline. This would be below everything, right? I wouldn't want this to interrupt the actual news flow on people to be able to read their daily digest without this getting in the way. But at the bottom, um, I would add, write a headline, something to the degree of, uh, do you have a friend that needs to stay up with the latest news or whatever you kind of tweak that headline to fit whatever would work best for your particular readership and then what you do is uh, you just have a simple button that would either a f- could forward the email to someone else or write uh, click a button that would you know open up in gmail or in your email client that would have an, an email already written out that they could tweak with a nice headline and then it would uh, offer a link to the squeeze page where people could sign up for that email newsletter. So again, we definitely want to make sure that that email newsletter uh, is continually uh, receiving signups so that you know, you're growing your email list and that your stories are getting in front of more people. Okay, so the next thing that we're going to have built into the website is going to kind of go along the whole subscriber box thing, email or text alerts, but it's going to be the, the, the ability, I should say, to uh, create a free account. And I've actually done something similar like this over at Rightly and Company. But you want to be able to make make it so that people can create a free account. And this would enable you to do a whole number of things if you had a free subscription. Well, number one, what I would do and what I did over at Rightly and Company is I would connect this with my email service provider, again, something like ConvertKit. And I would make it so that if somebody created a free account, they would get added to my email list Again, super important. But from their perspective, it would enable them to create their own bookmarks. So they could bookmark stories. They could uh, also upvote stories. So again, this would be another thing that would play into which stories were trending. I would say user-generated upvotes on a story would probably be one of the heaviest weighted elements that determine 
you know, how high it ranks in the trending stories section. And then I would also make it so that people would have to have an account in order to comment on stories. So I would have a comment section, but I think keeping that community really clean and free from people who just kind of pop in there and just troll or whatever, because I think, you know, uh, news websites are pretty notorious for having a not so uh, useful to read comment section. And that's maybe something that's very difficult to overcome just because that's going to have a lot to do with the current political climate and everything else. But I think that uh, by requiring people to at least create a free account to sign up may help with that a little bit. So uh, plus it's going to be one of those ways that get people onto the email list aside from the uh, just the general subscriber box. And now we'll start getting, so those are some of the things that I would do from a free perspective. So at this point, we've focused almost entirely on how to create a totally free and useful website for anyone. So this is when a news organization would come along and say, that's all great, but this isn't, this isn't a charity, right? This is actually a business. So now let's start going through some of the ways that we could actually begin to monetize this. And one of the things I mentioned earlier, which may or may not be required or needed would be of course again to enable monetization on those youtube videos but even if you didn't want to do that these are some other things that you could do and the first would be a paid membership right so what i would do it with the paid membership is i would not do a paywall i don't like paywalls i don't think that uh articles uh in this day and age, I think less and less are people going to be willing to pay to read a long form article. So instead, what I would do is I would create an exclusive community where people could chat with other members, where people could share stories, and it would have to be very clean and very simple and very user friendly. So that would be a part of the uh, part of the membership. Then also what I would do is long form video interviews. So these would be sit-down interviews, and again, this this would go beyond just regular reporting, but these would be the things that uh, would take a little bit of an extra measure to produce. Obviously, you need a, a video team, you need somebody who's really good at interviewing, but these would be behind the scenes, or this would be where you'd have to create that content that really shines, that goes beyond what people are used to with a regular interview. So you would uh, you know, interview business owners, you'd interview politicians, you'd interview... Uh, regular local people, right, who are, uh, you know, relevant to a particular topic or story. So bonus long-form videos, particularly if you're lucky enough to have personalities, and this would be actually really important, personalities in your organization who people want to hear opinion from, things like that that you would put in a long-form video that would be within a paid membership. And then a number of other things you could put in there. Uh, You can have uh, an online shop. You could have, you know, merchandise, all those types of things you could technically have alongside it that would also work uh, as well. Okay, so another thing I would do as well in terms of producing uh, an actual, actual monetary gain for the news website itself would be to kind of resurrect the idea of the classifieds section, right? It used to be in the old newspapers, you you would have a spot where you could pay the newspaper company for a little square to sell your lawnmower, or if you were hiring or something like that, I would bring that back. So first thing I would have is a jobs board, right? So I have a spot where people can post and can uh, apply for jobs. I think that would be great, particularly if 
your newspaper or your news website is specific to a place. If you are, uh, you know, located in Wichita, Kansas or something like that, right? So I'd have it specific to that area, which in and of itself could be really useful. But if not, you could have it nationally or however you'd want to uh, be able to have that. I would also include uh, a section called resources for our readers beyond just the classified section, right? And this would be, again, a, a spot on the site that people could search through, could have a number of different placements. You could have them pay for a spot, you know, for a, the job board or for something that they wanted to quote unquote advertise. But it's really important that this would need to be separate from the content. I would never do sponsored content or in any way disrupt or uh, get in the way of what people are trying to read with this. It would just be alongside that. Then what I would do is I would do, uh, and again, this would be even separate from what I would consider the classified section, and this would also be separate from the content section. This would be its own section. And what I would do is I would have people review individual products and services. These could be tech services. They could be you know, a blender, it wouldn't even, uh, it wouldn't even matter what it is. It would just be some sort of um, product or service that could be useful for the readers. You could think of it almost like a consumer reports, but I would have it as a section of the site. And so what I would do is I would have uh, honest, uh, accurate, detailed reviews of those products and those services, and then links to them. And there would be a nice big disclaimer that says that, yes, these are honest, uh, uh, objective reviews. However, we may receive um, a kickback where we may receive compensation for reviewing these particular products or services. However, that would never in any way uh, determine what we give it as a review. So what you would do is maybe you'd provide an Amazon link or you'd work up an affiliate link with that particular business uh, and you make it very clear in the contract or whatever it was that you needed to do that uh, you're still going to maintain an objective uh, way of reviewing these products. And then it would come up with like a five-star or kind of a useful or I would say even a unique way to review these products so that people could look through them, uh, obviously encourage them to be shared. Uh, you could even do, uh, and it depends on how far you'd want to get into this aside from the actual news end of it. But you could even work in like links to various places that have it for different prices. So a lot of potential there, but it would be expanding the news site into areas in which you could start to produce an income for it outside of just the news articles themselves. As it used to be, uh, what was the bread and butter of the newspaper industry, uh, it was the classifieds section, right? They didn't smatter the newspaper lead story with ads while they did have some ads uh that wasn't ex that wasn't the primary source of income for the newspaper it was things like the classified so in the same way i think adapting to the platform of the web i think that a lot of news or uh, websites could do something similar and the last thing that i would do and i've seen a couple that have attempted this but not quite uh to the degree that i would like to see it which is to create a network a subscription with multiple sites. So like I said, there are a ton of news websites out there these days. So what I would probably like to see is that if uh, there were other news websites or articles, or I should say news websites or companies that worked well together, 
they could form uh, some sort of network subscription. So what you would do is you would say, you know, pay $7 a month and get full unlimited access to everything on all of these sites. So this may not be something that you could do from the perspective of a single news website. However, if you wanted to be an entrepreneur and go out there and, and hustle and make this happen, you could start your own business, reach out to news organizations, and then create this one package and then give a kickback to each of these individuals. But I would actually try to tackle it from a news uh, website perspective. I would go and reach out to other people and I would say, hey, would you like to be a part of this network? It may be a way that you increase your readership. Also, we will uh, compensate you for every subscription that we receive. People will get unlimited access, that sort of thing. So unlimited access, if any of those other sites had ads, uh, anybody with a subscription would remove the ads. Uh, you could even have it so that it pulls in. You could have the network site pull in like the top highlighted stories from all the sites in the network. That would be something that's uh, possible. So there is a site out there that I, I came across recently, and it's called scroll.com, which is pretty similar to what I'm describing here. But the only thing that uh, the only problem I had with it is that essentially, like it is a network. Uh, you do get access to a variety of sites, but the problem is that it's it's not quite uh, up to the level of providing extra features. Essentially, the only thing that it really does is it just blocks ads. So as I was looking through it, I was like, that's close. Uh, blocking ads is probably part of what you need to do, but I would like to see a network that provides more content or more access or something more useful, like some of the things I was talking about previously, like even a community, longer form interviews with specific hosts or something like that, that you wouldn't be able to get unless you had the subscription. Scroll.com essentially, again, good idea in theory, but all it really is at the end of the day is an ad blocker. So uh, it's just hard to see people justifying buying this subscription if they could essentially accomplish the same thing through an ad blocker. So again, a lot of different ways that you could kind of tackle that, but I think that uh, a network would be a great way to do that. So that's it. I know I tossed out a ton of ideas, but I think one of the things that I wanted to kind of underscore, because I could see what some people are saying was like, well, yeah, maybe that, you know, the, the classified section may not work for me, or this may not work for me, and ads is the only way to do it. Even if it was a requirement that you had ads in order to stay alive, which again, I just think that innovation could carry this far beyond interrupting people and exchanging that interruption for a monetary end. But even if you had to run ads, I still do think that it is it is extremely possible to create a user experience that would keep people coming back. And that's the thing. Like if I come across a, a page, and this may not be the same for everyone, but I can speak for myself that if I come across a site that is super easy to read, that is user-friendly, I am much more likely to come back in the future. So it might be tough at first, but I think as a site were to gain the uh, the brand equity, essentially, being known for uh, being a super user-friendly, easy-to-read format, I think a lot of people would come back to it. And of course, even before that, again, is the content is actually good re factual reporting, which uh, may or may not be uh, even difficult to find in today's digital age as well. But 
putting that aside, assuming that that's there and that is the the core objective of the site itself, uh, creating something that doesn't interrupt people, that is super user-friendly, I think it's going to start to grow a reputation that gets people to uh, continue to visit the site, to share the articles, and as a result, put you in a much better position to monetize it uh, moving forward. So that's it. Those are all the ideas that I would kind of put out there in terms of some ways that we could create a less annoying or even non-annoying news website. So as always, as I mentioned in the past, if you have a question or if you've got a comment or if there is a particular business you'd like me to kind of run through some ideas for, including your own, you can always send me a question over at rightly.show slash question. I've also got a phone number. You can call in and record a question as well if that works better for you. So you can call 844-RIGHTLY. And as always, if you're finding the show useful, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. I always do appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the program. If you found it useful, please take a quick moment to leave us a review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or the medium of your choosing.